This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you going to be the boss, Jess? Are you going to be the boss? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Are you on like I on a delay? I forgot <laughs> to say hi. <laughs> I totally forgot to say hi. Oh my god, delay! That, but that hasn't happened in like delay. three years. Hello, everyone. Hi, welcome <laughs> to She Podcast. This is Jessica Kupferman. I am here with Elsie Escobar and our producer John. I was going to say Jamingo because it sounds cool. John Jamingo. <laughs> Jamingo. <laughs> but his name is John Buchanan. Can I please change my um, name to that? I like John Jamingo, to be quite honest with you. I like John oh Jamingo. Why did that come in my head? I have no idea. John Jamingo. <laughs> Today we have lots of stuff to talk about. We just came back from PodFest. We are going to discuss the Infinite Dial. There's some stuff about Luminary and some other fun things if we can get to it how are you Elsie? what did you think of podfest oh it was it was really great i really i really enjoyed it like a lot it was very great it's my it was my favorite because unlike you i had nothing to do other than be on at the booth you know like i just had to be at the booth which is incredibly tiring as you now know but i didn't really have to do anything other than that and that was amazing yay well so this was my experience of the booth. I felt like I didn't get to see, like normally when I'm at a thing, like I get to hang out with a little bit of Emily Prokop, a little bit of Monica Rivera, a little bit of, uh, you know, like like just people here and there, Debbie DeChambeau. And, and I, I didn't, I saw those people for two seconds when they stopped by the booth and that was it. And it sort of felt like I missed the conference that I went to be at because I was at the booth. Not because I... Like, I didn't miss it because I was at the booth. I was clearly there, but I just mean it didn't feel nor it didn't feel the same because I didn't have the freedom to be like, let's grab lunch and talk about everything you're doing. Like I had no opportunity to do that this time, and it was different. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but but actually, in in fairness, you've never had that. You've always only uh, had that's the right. booth. Yeah. So you don't really have anything to compare. Imagine a conference where you did not have to be at the booth. Well, first of all, Elsie wouldn't go. Period. Right. I <laughs> I'm thinking and I'm not I'm not sure. I think that the reason, you know, in the same way that I need structure when we record, like that just makes me feel better. It's the same thing when I go to the booth because I know that I like I wake up really I wake up at 6 every single morning. I get ready to go to the booth. I get all of my things ready that I need to have for the entire day. I make sure that I have the basics of my duties in terms of my job or emails and things taken care of so that I could be there by eight. And then I'm just there. And and for me, that is, it's great structure. I'm not sure what I would do if I didn't have that because I would probably end up 
doing what I'm doing and then deciding I'm just going to go adventuring. That would be my thing. I would probably go somewhere else <laughs> because I don't ever have freedom as in like, oh, let's I'm going to go walk around and see what's out here. I want to walk over to that place. I want to go see this. I normally go to all the booths and collect swag. And then I'm a first come, first serve kind of girl. Like I, and then I sort of like, you know, whoever texts me and asks me if I'm free, I just hang out with those people. I know that's terrible, but like, I mean, sometimes I have a plan before I get there, but for the most part, it's like, I wait for people to be like, where are you? Although that did not work out in my favor because for the roast, like we broke down the booth at like two and then I did not see or hear from anyone until the roast. I was alone for hours and hours before the roast. And I mean, at first I was tightening jokes and I was with Jordan and Michael and we were like, you know, finishing writing some stuff. And then for dinner, I was like by myself. I did DoorDash for dinner because I had no one to eat with before the roast. I know it's kind of a sad existence. John asked him, uh, he reminded me that you had said you needed to do wash at PodFest. Did you do wash at PodFest? You know, I actually didn't because I, oh it was going to take a while. It was going to take a long time. It was going to be a two-hour chunk of time at the hotel room or, or in the area, you know. And I never really had two hours worth of time to just hang out and not No, but don't they really... take it for you and do it and then bring it back? Uh, it was like three, it was, I know that it said that they had $3. It was like a $3 wash, $3 dry. Not that I cared how much it was, but I don't think that that's. But for per load, but didn't you have like a, I'm, first of all, your entire wardrobe can fit into like a backpack. So like, wouldn't it just be six right. bucks to just give it to them and bring it back? Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is I do not think that that was the service that they offered. I don't think that was oh, a service. Said laundry. Do you remember? What hotel we were in? Yes, but I also saw the amenities said laundry. I know. Here's what I've yes, decided it said has happened with the window. For you to do, not for somebody to do for you. Oh, balls. Which well, is fine, shit. and I've done it. Like when we went across country with the fam, I did that. I did that for in a couple of hotels. Yes, there's a, a there's a washer and dryer. And I went and I did the laundry for the family and it's it was fine. It was perfect. The thing is that yeah. it's it's like doing laundry. You have to be aware of when the washer is done and you have to put, you know, it's a two-hour thing. It's a two-hour time. Yeah, you can't do that by yourself. I thought they would take it for you and wash it for you. Ugh, that's a shame. No, so here's what I figured out about this Wyndham. I, here's what I found out. I didn't okay. find it out. I'm I'm pontificating. I think that the Wyndham long, long ago used to be a motel. In fact, it's still kind of a motel. It's like six, it's 13 buildings all spread out on a campus. None of them have higher than two floors. Many of the rooms you can get in from the outside or the inside. I mean, most of them you can access from the inside of a hallway, but they all have like a porch that leads to the outside. Then they decided the Wyndham was going to buy this property and then they built a main building so they could have conferences and restaurants so they made a brand new Wyndham restaurants and lobby and conference area and then they just painted the motel and so it's a Wyndham but it's not really a Wyndham it's like it okay. says Wyndham but I think we're staying at like a motel six what do you think about right. that theory well, I do think that it that yes, yes. 
I didn't really mind it as much because I was, again, I was at the floor the whole entire time. So, and my room wasn't, this time it wasn't like way, remember last year when I was way out there in the other, it, it was scary. It was very scary to yeah. be over where I was. Building um, this five, time, the hell building. Yeah. <laughs> this was not like that. This was actually quite close and wonderful. So I was really stoked by that anyway. But why don't we talk about like the other fun things that we did over at PodFest because there were other things that were amazing. So we had dinner together, you and I, at a lovely restaurant. Yes, we Uh, did. We ate at Cooper's Hawk Winery and it was delicious. It was so good. Oh my God, it was so good. There's nothing like sitting down and having dinner with you. I love that. It is so fun. My favorite as well. I had wine and whiskey. What did you have? I had wine and wine. I had a dessert wine. That's I had right. ice wine, That's which was right. like amazing. I had white wine to start and then I had an I forget what that was. Maybe Moscato. I don't remember. Or maybe it was red. I don't know. But I the just des- no, it was a dessert- fun name. It was like something very specific mm. to the to the wine race so where we were. It was like it was a- it was like drinking a white grape. It was amazing. I loved it. In fact, I'm just Googling now ice wine so I can see where I can get ice wine close to me because that's how good it was. That's what it was. I that's will drink right. all it the ice really wine. funky sounding like that. So, yeah, it was really lovely. And then we went out mm. and we sat outside and talked for a little bit longer. So that was really lovely. I really liked Yeah, that was my favorite. That was probably my favorite night because I did not go to the party even though it looked amazing because I wanted to fix and tighten all my jokes. So I didn't go to the main Howl at the Moon party where Dave Jackson played guitar, Mark played bass, and Michael O'Neill played drums, and they had like a podcaster band. And I didn't get to see it. I'm pissed about that because I was like, my jokes aren't perfect. And so I stayed home. But that's okay. Well, it's okay because you never do that stuff. But I really, when I saw the pictures, I was like, damn it to hell. I missed a great party. Huh? (laughs) I know. I'm like, it's all right. I know you're like that's cool, man. Whatevs. And I'm like, no, but it's not though, because I like partying with those people because it's really fun, and that's usually where I get to hang out with Allison Moody and Jen Briney and like Laura Peterson. I didn't get to see them at all the whole time. Right. I did get to have a, a lunch with Emily Prokop. She waited for me. She was so sweet. She like waited for me at the booth until somebody came back so we could go eat lunch together. And we had lunch that's at Gatorville, sweet. and she ate Gator. She actually ate Gator at Gatorville. I was amazed. She had Gator bites. Well, Gator is she Gator offered. is good. I guess. My father says it tastes like chicken. I'll believe you both. Yeah. Um, and what else? Oh, and then there was the roast. So I've been meaning to ask you, Elsie, what your favorite joke was from the roast. I know you keep asking me that, but I don't have like, I can't remember things like that. It's, or I go, that was hilarious. I, I remember, I think one of the things that really sticks out to me, it wasn't necessarily, this is the funniest. I think it was part of like, one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, that's totally true and hilarious. Like <laughs> when somebody called, what's his name, the host guy. See, I don't even remember the names of these Michael guys. O'Neill. Solopreneur, Michael, Michael O'Neill. Where somebody called him that he was like the Jimmy Neutron. Like he was a Jimmy or he was like Jimmy Neutron. And I was like, oh, my God, he totally is. <laughs> He's, He's the like- Jimmy Neutron of podcasting. That's John's joke. Okay. He wrote that joke and made me tell it. And you and like only a sl- anybody over the age of like 35 left at that joke because Jimmy Neutron is from like 20 years ago, except for my son watches the Jimmy Neutron movie and he's obsessed. But yeah, um, yeah John wrote that joke. John wrote a, most of the jokes that were the funniest were written by our producer, John. John, uh, how do you write 
the jokes Look like that, that, honestly. Well, so you have to specify that, though, because when you said John, no, I was I like, don't. John Lee Dumas wrote that one? That's impressive. No, John so, Buchanan wrote, no, no. wrote all my John good jokes. I mean, I thought that was hilarious. I just thought that nailed it. And that's one that's stuck into my that stuck in my head. Like I can remember that joke. There were a couple of it's been in John's head for six months. Okay, (laughs) ever since we heard who the MC was, he was like, you've got to say he's the Jimmy Neutron of podcasting. Did you tell the one about the uh, (laughs) Michael O'Neill dates young girls, which creates the problem because they're too young to go in bars and. And he's too he's short, too to, ride short to ride that ride. That was my favorite. That was that was Jordan's joke, and it killed. It killed. It killed. It was so funny. Yeah, I love writing roast jokes, and I think it's because I'm a mean person. <laughs> I mean, I won't argue with that. <laughs> I fielded a very, very mean fat joke, though. I will say that. It was terrible. Do you remember, Elsie? How did you feel about that, by the way, when they were they were running fat jokes at me? Um, well, good. they were running fat jokes at every woman that was up yeah. there. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, just you. It was everyone. It wasn't I just mean, me. with this, squ- s- s- what is it, SpongeBob thing for... Oh, yeah, um, they called Christy SpongeBob. That yeah. She looks like SpongeBob. And so, like, yeah. all of these... Uh, th- those are really hardcore because it's like... I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, they're they're really like, oh my god! It feels like those are easy. Like, they are. I, they're I low would... hanging fruit. That's what that's what everyone said to me is like, well, they're low hanging fruit. I mean, better right. fat. I mean, listen, I offered them the opportunity to make fun of me, my parenting, because you know my daughter is gone and stuff, and they were like, no, no. we're not touching that. No, that's not a. So, I mean, fat jokes are the next best thing. Yeah, I'm a mean you know. person, but there's no way I'm going to make a joke about somebody's daughter that passed away of a drug overdose. That's not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's it's not, also yeah, that's easy, though. Funny. The easiest joke is, well, if she were my mother, I would overdose, too. But uh It's uh, mean, but yeah, it's no. And, I mean, um, think about the way that the Bernie the cat joke went at the beginning. Like, when, I think, uh, um, I think even... I think Dave made fun of himself, right? He's the one that when he came up and he and he made a Bernie joke and it was like it was so funny. I thought it was hilarious, but you could hear that the majority of people there kind of missed last year's roast or something. And they were like, like, it really got people like, don't make a joke about the dead cat. It was so different because of that, because we also said that Bernie was the only pussy Dave ever got, like, and it was so much funnier. But, like, yeah, people didn't get that joke. And, like, there's a lot of stuff that people didn't get that I thought would be hilarious. The stuff that just didn't go over that's definitely funny. And I'm just like, who are these people? This shit's hilarious. Who are these? But some of it just didn't land for whatever reason. Could be age. Could be, yeah, that they're more sensitive. I don't know. I mean, they all, at the end of it, they were all like, you killed it. You were amazing. But like when I watch it back, I can tell which jokes didn't land. And some of them, I, some of them I visibly said like, you guys, that's funny. Come on. Cause he, oh, there's one guy like Kate's, Kate has a friend that looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. He helps them with the booth. And I said, look, right. how did Kate get to know Jake Gyllenhaal? And they're all looking around, including the guy that looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that was something that went that. right over their head because they didn't even like I didn't. I never went to the booth, so that one didn't land for me because I didn't know what he the heck he was just, talking about. Like I didn't know who that I'm, guy was. I'm, 
I'm so. literally the only person that's ever told this kid he looks like Jake Gyllenhaal, but I don't care. He does. I thought that was funny. Oh, yeah. So the fat jokes were a little strange, but it didn't bother me. It's fine. I expected it. And what else are they going to make fun of me for? I mean, I I don't know. that they. I was mostly having to write these jokes for myself. Like some, like some right. of the... The meanest one, though, I didn't. The one that Jordan said. John, this is the joke Jordan said. He said, before the roast, he and John had to um, decided to roll a big fatty because that was the only way they could get me on stage. <laughs> that was so terrible. I did. I was I was you searching did. for the roast. I figured somebody would live stream it, and I was searching, yeah. and I think Elsie did one. I think that was one of the ones that she live streamed. And yeah. I laughed and went... Oh, at the same time, because listen, if I was yeah. there, I, there wouldn't be nothing. The flat fat jokes would be flowing. And again, if you're going to get up there and take shots, you have to realize that some yeah. they're going to take shots at you, and some of them are going to hit home. Some of them are going to draw yeah. blood. So, I mean, you, if you're going to give it, you got to get, you got to be able to take it. Speaking of that, it was the pants joke, Elsie. Like the jokes I made about you didn't go over as well as I thought. Well, that's because like people, people didn't get it. Again, they don't know. It's like you, th- that was a little bit too inside baseball. Like that was a little bit too, like the, your first joke was a little too. I was said little, she came out as a person It was a little color. too, yeah. There's very few people that would have gotten that. I said she came out as a person of color and it's great because people are starting to believe it. And then I said, I wanted to come out as a person of color, too, but colorful and person of color aren't the same thing. And then I said, she's a better podcaster because asking me for tech help is like asking Elsie to help pick out pants. And it did not right. go over. But did you, I think I heard That'd you be- laugh, though. I laughed. But see, the thing is, it's like there's a lot of people that don't know my pants. Like, we've discussed my pants How many times on How could you not see her show. pants, though? And the whole... You know, the whole woman of color thing, like a lot of that conversation, a lot of the of 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 sort of like that. I don't know, like understanding of privilege, understanding of colorism, of understanding of white present, white presenting and all that stuff. All of that conversation was inside of the She Podcast Facebook group two years ago. So if you don't know that you're going to be like, what? Like, it's just going to go over people's heads. So. Well, people, what, what do people know? People know giggling. People know, I don't know, very unusual that people know a lot of the backstory. See, I would have worked the angle where Elsie just stepped out of Woodstock. Mm. You know, the bell that bottoms, the tank tops, the, the, the yeah, activism. That could have, I think that's, yeah, because you also have to remember, most people only see me there exactly like John was saying. Like, I'm wearing jeans and I'm wearing a tank top and it's the same. Like, I never change clothes. Like, I'm thinking, oh, my God, these people think yeah, I wear this all the time. Uniform. Which I do. But, I mean, I change the tank tops when I'm at home. But it's – that's it. They don't see anything other than that. She smells like the 60s. At the so. um, roast, John, she was wearing the black hoodie. She was the Sith Lord. <laughs> I know that's a, the, that's something that you could have said. Like that is something that I think people would have gotten because I was wearing that I didn't darn plan thing. for so Sith Lord there, you guys. Outfits. I was wearing that sucker on the whole entire time. Like yeah, it was were. freezing in that place. Oh my god! Anywho, I always say that. It was but not anyway, so let's. Um, is there anything? Oh, we tested some microphones. We. Tested some Heil microphones there, which was fantastic. You guys, I'm going to talk about a little bit more about Heil microphones on another episode for tool tips to give you 
some insight as to some that you guys can buy definitely would be really great. Yeah, we chose microphones based on our voices. We have different voices. I chose and we chose the microphones that made us sound the sexiest, which by the way, I'm not using right now because just just send them to us. But we're really excited to try those. The one I'm using right now is a Rode Procaster. No, no, it's the, the Rode mic. mic. I think it's called Pod, the, the pod, pod mic, mic. Yeah, the pod got, mic. You're using the pod mic, which I also covet. The Heil PR30 is the one that's coming, and it's very smooth. So it's very fun. smooth, but they're so oh my gosh, they're amazing. And the other thing that was really this is very podcasting related is we obviously in our last two episodes ago we asked for feedback. We got a ton of feedback, which we addressed. We still have some more to address. Uh, I think probably in the next episode. But something that was really incredible is that I had. I think I had four people, Jess. I don't know if you had people, but I had four people come to the booth and like start talking normal things like, how are you? Or what are your new things, you know, for Lipson? And then they would go, okay, about she podcast feedback about the banter. <laughs> okay, let's talk. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was literally like, now I'm going to give you feedback. And they were serious. I mean, this was yeah, not... Yeah, they were very serious. It was like, okay, let's talk. Let's talk about the banter. Well, this is what I feel. And I was like, Drew wow, Ackerman this is- was... He had lots of opinion. He likes the banter. He had lot, and he likes to, And he likes listening to John. He likes the banter. He doesn't want us to change it all, which I thought was sweet. It was... It, yeah, it was really great. So it was really lovely for people to make time to just come and yes. tell us about the band. The band. Like, feedback. Like, they literally wanted us, us about to the have band. feedback. So that's really great. And I think that this last thing is going to take us into the new section, but we had a an infinite dial watching party the very first day that uh, we landed at PodFest. It wasn't even started yet, but the infinite dial is like, how would you describe it, Jess? It's kind of like, it's what people quote for the rest of the year when they want data, not only about podcasting, but audio and social media and growth. It- yeah, the Infinite Dial is a huge research project that they do once a year. They interview about twelve to fifteen hundred people of all ages, and then they select out the ones who listen to podcasts, in car audio, streaming, and then out of the people who are listening to those things, how many of you follow them on? How many of you are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, Pinterest, etc. Like they have them check it off. It's really interesting because now you know, like the average podcast listener listens to four shows. They're in this age. They have this household income. And yeah, for the rest of the year now, we know where our audience is, you know, as a whole. It really only, it also only covers US. It's not global. It's just national. Yeah. And Um, Some of the wonderful things that were only PodFest specific and only podcast community specific was the fact that Mm -hmm. we had this like watching party, which is the nerdiest thing ever. I mean, who in the world does that at 2 p.m. in the afternoon with a bunch of geeks looking at a computer, getting to know some data? And then Emily Prokoff, she was amazing. She created a, a bingo card. With like things that because oh, the other thing is that the infinite dial has been going on for like a long time, like over a decade. So there are some things for those nerds of us who have been watching this through the years that mm-hmm. are the same, like sayings or 
certain data or whatever. So Emily <laughs> created this bingo and we were sitting there trying to catch the bingo and we let them know. So like we let Edison dial people, Tom Webster specifically, he kind of saw because I was I was um, marketing it via on our social media feeds and stuff like that. And so he really dug it and he gave us a couple of like shout outs. Like he didn't, I mean, only people who knew would get when he mentioned the bingo and stuff like that. And I just thought yeah. it was lovely. That it was very, it's just, it, it was, was very really sweet. Fun. And only in podcasting could something like that happen. Yeah, it was really fun. It was super cute. But um, I kind of wrote some bullet points here to address some things that I think have changed and that we need to keep an eye out. And I think a little bit of the focus that I'm going to have, in addition to maybe addressing the actual podcasting data, possibly in a future episode more deeply. But I think the reason that I wanted to kind of focus in on a little bit on the social media stuff a little more is because Mm -hmm. we, our audience, at least in She Podcast, they're so caught up with marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And getting the word out and how to promote your show and all of that kind of stuff that I thought that um, the podcasting is going to grow regardless. Like that's all good news. It's growing. But how to get the word out, I think is a lot more important for our audience. So in terms of social media usage, it seems that social media is down like a little bit, like a little smidgen. It's all, yeah, it's been down. Um, But Facebook, what did you think about Facebook, Jess? No, it was Facebook that was down a little bit. Instagram was up. Yes. Instagram was up. Instagram was like... um, But Facebook was down. Yes. Facebook has been down. In fact, it went down 15 million users since 2017, uh, particularly from the 12 to 54 age group. So the the 12 to 34, absolutely like getting themselves out. And then 34 to 54 is down not as much as the younger, but 55 plus one up. (laughs) And I think that's just because... You know, Facebook is aging, meaning those people that are that age are obviously getting older. But also we have the older people who are finally jumping on the bandwagon. But that's really interesting to me because there's a lot of people that are starting podcasts, particularly younger women, especially for She Podcasts, younger women moving more towards younger demographics. And the audience isn't really going to be sticking around Facebook too much. Obviously, we need to, to still have Facebook, but it looks like they're moving to Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah, so. Snapchat. Yeah. I wish it would go away and never come back. Yeah, I haven't. T- I opened it up the other day and we took some of the filtered pictures with my girls. Oh, my gosh. And I took a picture. My They made me. The girls made me because there's one that makes you a man with like a mustache and like gray hair. And my girls were like, you need to take that picture. I did. And I look just like my dad. Like, it's scary. Uh I have to send it to him and be like, mom, check this out. I look just like my dad. Cool. (laughs) It's crazy. But that's about, I mean, those are some things that I think you guys need to definitely check out. The the usage of social media. And I I do believe Instagram is going to get bigger. And the other thing that it makes me think is as much as social media is important, I do believe, especially with how Facebook and Instagram went out, you know, for like a day, that if if you want to continue to touch base with your people, not only do you have to be somewhere 
other than Instagram and Facebook, but at, at least have a presence somewhere else. And you need to have an email newsletter. You need to have your. You need to have a way for you to touch base with them. Yes. The Agreed. end. Like that's just you just have to because what if I don't know? You never know. You never know how that's going to happen. What if you're in the middle of selling something? What if you're in the middle of putting on uh, like an auto respond or something or other? What if you're in the middle of doing a sweepstakes? I don't know. Everybody likes to do those things. And the, the whole thing goes down. What do you do then? How do you t- how do you tell them? How do you continue building that community? How do you answer the questions that are being asked? So on on Twitter, anyway, on, tw- on Twitter, right? Hey, hey, I I was on Twitter the whole time, mind you. Twitter has also had outages and whatnot. So I call, saw a couple of tweets that were like, "Welcome to Twitter." <laughs> Hello, this is Twitter, as in like, you've never been here before. Let me show you around. I thought that was funny because everyone, because Instagram and Facebook were down. Yeah. For me, it was very frustrating because there were a couple of things that I saw, a conversation that was being had. It was not good information in a conversation. It's kind of like when you want to go in there and go like, no, 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 that's not true. Well, that's not right. That's not okay. And I couldn't go in there and fix it. But at the same time, I recognize that after 24 hours, I didn't have to fix it. I don't, I don't have to be the fixer of all of the world, nor do I have to make all of the podcasting information out in the world be the right information. Unfortunately, I had to come to terms with that. Which, awesome. Which is hard. <laughs> oh, well, the news you can use. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. <laughs> okay, <laughs> off we go. First thing we're going to talk about is Luminary pissing everybody off. <laughs> so I thought it was very interesting. Well, first of all, this is a different article than the one I saw, which basically was about how they tweeted out and said, podcasts don't need advertising and it's because they were oh, trying yeah. to promote their new service which is i guess that their idea is to be the netflix of podcasting where you pay a premium and then you don't have advertising which is exactly by the way what other people are doing like amazon channels are doing that and there's some other people that have that as well so i don't know why they think it's like novel but Regardless, they have some really exclusive uh, shows. Lena Dunham, Conan O'Brien, Malcolm Gladwell, Trevor Noah. You're not going to be able to hear any of those without subscribing to, I guess, Luminary. People were tweeting back them and being like, yeah, podcasters should just work for free because fuck everybody. Because <laughs> they were like so angry. <laughs> there was a it lot was of backlash. Like that was not, I don't think, it, and this is the unfortunate thing about some of these VC-backed companies that they don't really know the podcasting space. They kind of go like, let's go into podcasting. Let's do it and mm. do it like this. And they don't, they don't get the culture like at all. And so they tweeted out and they, it was a really cute tweet. Like they made, they made like words out of, I don't know, designs. I'm not, I, it's hard to, if I find you guys, if I find the the Twitter thread, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so that you guys can check it out. And it'll definitely be 
in our super squad. I'll put it in super squad. But anyway, it was really funny because it was like they made all these little graphics for, as a tweet and it was very cute. And they put it out there and they said like, yeah, so they like podcasters don't need advertisers. It happy face, you know, with that little happy like bear. Um, and then everybody started copying that same exact setup and then just nailing them. I mean, it it totally backlashed in their faces. They I don't think they even knew what they got themselves into. It was it is an ongoing threat and some of the comments are so on point. So yes, that's what their thing is. And mind you, it's eight it's eight dollars a month to subscribe to Luminary. I personally feel it's a little bit steep for that. I mean, I only pay for Netflix. Oh, and Amazon Prime because you get all the other things. No Hulu? No Hulu. I don't think that I would be, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, I I don't think that I'm going to be doing that. I can't do that. I, I don't like it. But but get this, guys. Here's a quote from the New York Times article, which is going to be linked here in the, in the show notes. Uh, quote, for creators... Luminary is offering large upfront payment guarantees in exchange for exclusive rights to distribute their work, reducing their risk of concept and hopefully encouraging greater clarity, creativity and higher production values. Luminary will also pay creators bonuses if their shows reach certain listening thresholds. Okay, so for me, that is, it's one of those things where just if they like, let's say came after she podcasts. I would look at the money that they're offering. Supposedly, it's pretty big. They are very big deals. I would go for it. I would go for it. I would take the money. I would take the money (laughs) and I would invest the money appropriately as we would to build our own infrastructure. So when, not if, so when (laughs) Luminary goes under... We've got it all set up. So it's like it's like you can get your cake and eat it too. We can not only send people over to Luminary, but also create our own thing with an ex- like we have the backup of all of our episodes. We have like all of this extra infrastructure that we could totally invest in our own stuff and be ready to do that because I don't see this working. I don't see this working. I, I think that this is going to be great for some creators that are going to get the exclusives only because they're going to get the money. Not right. because they're going to become the next serial or Dirty John or any of that stuff. That's not going to happen. Himalaya is going to do this too. The article says Himalaya just raised $100 million and is going to introduce a podcast distribution app with exclusive shows. And actually, I talked to Himalaya at PodFest and they did ask me if there were, they want women empowerment and health and, and wellness type shows, which I thought was cool, but... So they want me to like give them a few ideas, which I am happy to do. I don't know if it's for exclusive, if you have to host with them. I don't think you have to host with them. I think they just want, I don't know what they want. (laughs) We'll find out what they want, I guess. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting that they're like, they're on the scope. They're scoping it out. And that's the thing. It's like, but see, there are a lot of people that are coming out going like, "Mm." there is Matt McDonald, uh, who is co-founder of Radio Public, okay? Mm-hmm. I spoke with him a couple of years ago when I was in LA. We had to sit down for like an hour and he is a great guy. And he gets podcasting. He had a thread on Twitter, which I, I will link to you guys there. He says, the word podcast must not be applied to exclusive audio content locked up and only available in a single app. 
to be a podcast, that audio must be available via RSS and in any podcast app a person chooses. RSS means podcast distribution and access to listeners is available to any creator, not just that can get you through a gatekeeper. We don't need to move podcast away from RSS and open access. We should push to improve it and the listening experience while at the same time providing more listener growth and revenue options for creators. And one of the reasons he said that is because, of course, Radio Public just launched their version 2.0 with listener requested and podcast centered features like hear marks, featured episodes, chapter stations, tipping and paid users. And you guys can go check that stuff out. I'll have a link in the show notes as well. So. I do think that places like Radio Public, which is essentially a platform that sort of enhances your podcast and it makes it available to everybody and starts to really listen, pay attention to the listeners, which I think what people miss out. All of these companies are focusing in on how to make money for the creators, for podcasting industry, but they're not ever addressing the listeners, which are the ones that actually have created our industry. So anyway, I'll, I'll put those links in there. Because the conversation will go on and on about this. Gimlet unionized while we're on the subject of hilarity. Oh, yes. They unionized in the Writers Guild. So now all the people that work for Gimlet are in some kind of – well, it's not some kind of. It's the Writers Guild, but it it protects people who write television and movies. I don't know that podcasting is in there, but it's still interesting because – if other companies, workers follow suit, what does that mean for independent podcasters? It's sort of like, it's sort of like all of a sudden we're in this category of creating entertainment, which is something I don't know that I've thought of it that way. Have you? Yes and no. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You come from Hollywood and LA background, but like for me, right. I just, I don't know, John, have you ever thought of it like that? Have you ever thought of our show as like being part of like a Hollywood writers guild, like a it's kind of a neat way of thinking about it, right? Yeah, not really. I just think that the sh- – I mean, I understand why they want to unionize because basically they want some kind of security in what they do. And I think what happens in the – it's almost like radio, What radio? what's going on in radio. The people that do the work are the less valued of, right. ev- of everybody in the company. Well, that's everywhere. Right. They yeah. value the salespeople more because the salespeople go out and generate revenue by selling advertising. So they're they're worth more than people that actually put the product down. So this is why you have this. Right. Th- th- all this is well, going to not- do is wreck whatever company they have because it's just they're not going to pay them this and they're just going to start laying people off. It's a sin. Yeah, it is a sin. But here's the scoop, you guys, because I think I I think I talked about it in whenever we talked about the Spotify Gimlet acquisition. And the the thing is that Spotify has obviously has acquired Gimlet. Gimlet has now, you know, they have 83 people working for them in there. The, The main buy from Spotify to Gimlet is to play with the big boys for of Netflix and Amazon who are creating content and Apple, who is also creating creative creative uh, native content there, which is going to be about essentially developing content and possibly even testing like a podcast as an, as the new pilot for creating video films, things like that. So it's like they start out as a podcast, kind of like moving from the concept of Dirty John as a podcast. Wow, that was really 
that really was a hit. Let's now make it into a TV show, movie, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff, like something for Netflix exclusive. But obviously, this is going to be created by Spotify. So if you're going to start to play that game, meaning you're going to start to pitch uh, to agents, to um, companies and distribution or or creative companies inside of the Hollywood area, which is where they're vying. You really do need to be part of this. You need to be part of that. That's part of the way the Hollywood works. And that's the way that it, that you're looking for. So they're like not they're not thinking about podcasting as it stands, as the industry that we have. It's not like we are that. It's that they are working at the level of Hollywood. That's what they're doing. That's what they're vying for. That's what this buy was for, for that, so that these guys are actually going to be talking to the Hollywood peeps. There's going to be the people who are Hollywood distributors or, or hosts, pod, professional podcast hosts, uh, in the same way that there are professional, you know, hosts for like the E channel or, you know, whatever other or Inside Edition or Dateline, you know, like how they are those guys who are playing at a, in a completely different thing than what we are doing. So it makes sense for that. Um, and y- being union is, it does, it's great because you always know how much you're going to get paid. That's why it's really great. So if like when I was working in Hollywood, if somebody says, I need you, like you are going to be hired for a, a day, for a day job, um, I know how much money I can, I, I can make a day. Like I know what my day rate is. And then if you're going to be working a week, you know how much that is like there's there's only there's a minimum and the minimum is a very good minimum like you never really go below that only way you go below that is if you're doing non-union work and usually you have to either not be part of the union or you need to have permission from the union to do it and usually they don't because it's supposed to be union work um so it's got its pros and cons when you are working consistently it's fantastic when you're not working consistently, it kind of sucks because it kind of stops you from being able to take jobs that um, you wouldn't otherwise take. And then there's the whole thing of making people feel bad if they're working a non-union job. Like if you take a non-union job, you're, it's really looked down upon. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, it's but. looked down upon in the company, but also if you don't do it, your peers are pissed. It's kind of a yeah. really sketchy situation to have yourself yep. in i think podcasting is not ready for you i mean i understand what happened uh, <laughs> they might be but i'm not spotify certainly. you know spotify just went out and spent all this money and they said well if they got all this money they can pay us and Spotify's like yeah you guys aren't really generating any revenue yet we can't really do that where in hollywood they were taking all this money making all this money and not giving anything back to the actors and then finally the actors said hey listen you guys are making buckets of money and now exactly. you're going to have to pay us so there is revenue right. in the movie industry where that where a union makes sense i don't we're not there in podcasting yet podcasting hasn't really generated any kind of real substantial revenue where people there's a podcasting company making millions of dollars that has it's right now it's a bleed and that's why the union for me i don't think the union is going to make sense they just can't pay them that right now right i think it's yeah. just like per Per company at this moment, you know, I don't, you're, you're right. I mean, there's, it doesn't make sense for a lot of people, but for some, especially for some, somebody like Gimlet that's getting to go to that place and the way media is changing, 
Um, it could. So we'll keep an eye out. We'll keep an eye out for all that. <laughs> yeah, exciting stuff. Okay. So there's two things that I thought we were going to talk about. The first one is there's a um, women's event, a women's podcasting conference. There's two, actually, because we are having one this fall. Toot, toot. But actually, um, the Black Tribbles, which is a, a podcast here in Philly, um, they call themselves like the Black Nerds, and they talk about all kinds of like comic book stuff. They're having a women's podcasting festival, which is going to have music and all kinds of stuff um, here in Philadelphia in August, right after Podcast Movement, which is going to be really fun. But Elsie has an article in our notes here from Philly about the number of black female podcasters and listeners and how it's been exploding. And for some reason, I don't know why, but I thought it was something else. But yeah, let's talk about it. I'm excited. So I think that part of the reason that I had this article in here about it's really the coverage, which says the number of black female podcast creators and listeners explode. And this was covered by the Philadelphia Tribune, which is really, really important here is one of the things that we have to have as an industry. And this is, and I'm preaching to the choir here, people who are listening here, but is to shift the narrative from lack to understanding that we are here not only as women or people who happen to uh, generally not be represented. We have been in podcasting and we need this kind of coverage and this kind of narrative that is being put forth in these articles so that people know that this is a thing. Because the majority of, of the coverage that we get as a podcast uh, for podcasting is very narrow. As you know, mostly it comes from like places like Fortune or Forbes or even, you know, the New York Times actually has been doing a pretty decent job covering podcasting. But it really is just the same people. It's like they copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Like they never do any more research. So this article here, I think, does a wonderful job of capturing the possibilities. They they say, quote, the explosion in podcasting had resulted in more podcasters of color providing more listening material for consumers to choose from. The latest research from Nielsen reports that while African-Americans represent 14% of the U.S. population, 47.4 million, they are using unfettered access to technology as a means to broaden their reach and express themselves on their own terms. And right. I just think that this is really great. And it says the primary source of entertainment for African-Americans is streaming entertainment. Not only do Blacks stream videos more frequently on all devices than the total population, but consumers' music streaming habits played a key role in R&B hip-hop unseating rock as number one as the number one music genre in the U.S. in 2017. Likewise, Black podcast listeners are increasing annually. And I think that that... that type of insight is really great to pay attention to because we always think like it's just we consume content this way therefore everybody needs to needs to to do you know to to make content the same or consume content the same way that we do it um anyway what do you think jess I think it's exciting that there's more. I mean, like, this is what we've wanted is more diversity in listenership because the more different types of people listen, the more different types of voices become successful with our medium. So I think it's great. Right. I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm excited for Len's – well, his name is Len Webb and he's the producer of the of the event. And I wish I could give you a – I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but it's a women's podcast festival. But speaking of that, 
Women's Podcasting Festivals. Last week at PodFest, we announced that she podcasts live the Women's Podcast Experience event that's going to take place in person. That's right. You heard it. Atlanta, Georgia, October 11, 12, and 13. Now, it's not official yet because we need our Kickstarter to be funded in order to be able to book the hotel. So phase one, buy your tickets. Please go to ShePodcast.com forward slash Kickstarter and buy a ticket. If you are male or male identifying and you can't come to the event because it's for women and, and women identifying or non-binary, you know, the, you know the deal. Um, then you can still support it by A, getting the online ticket, which is $49, and you can watch all the videos from the comfort of your own home, or you can use the top reward and donate what you can to the cause if you really feel strongly that we should have an event, and you should. And um, if not, you can just do like a $20 donation just to support the cause and sort of help move the Kickstarter along. Because what we really need this first round of, quote, funding, unquote, for is making sure that we can solidify, that's not the right word, book a venue that is large enough to hold all the people that want to come. So we need proof of concept, which is why you need to buy your tickets. The early bird tickets are $149 and for VIP, $299. And those tickets, once once they're sold out, there's 100 of the VIP and 200 of the non-VIP tickets. Once they're sold out, the prices are going up to a normal conference price ticket. So please get your ticket as soon as possible. The fundraiser is only about 30 days long and it needs to be funded. So again, shepodcast.com forward slash Kickstarter. If you're going to ask me why it's in Atlanta, I'm going to tell you right now, it's because it's near Elsie. And we wanted to pick somewhere that was near Elsie that she could drive to, that her family could come to, that wouldn't be so much of a hassle because when she travels, it can be stressful on their family and we don't want that. Elsie, how far are you from Atlanta, actually? I don't know. It's Well, what the hell? It was your idea to do Atlanta. What do you mean you don't know? No, no, it was not. (laughs) What do you mean you don't know? Don't you start sending that to me. You picked it. You were the one. How about this? How about this? How about this? I was like, sure, that's closer. Sure, that's closer. So you said said that. Well, shit. Is it not? If it's not any closer than other stuff... Well, we're not changing it now. I'm coming to Atlanta, I think, next weekend to see the hotels if you want to come. But um, I don't know how far it is for you. I don't know if that's even possible for you. I wish I could just wiggle my nose and have you go blink, blink, like they used to do on Bewitched. It's pretty, it's pretty that close. Would be the most... I think it's like a couple of hours, I think. From... Well, it's a couple of hours. I may to be wrong. Live to... I, 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 don't, I don't know. I haven't looked. I haven't looked. It is cl- it's, All right. Well, I we're going to look. But anyway, it's nearer to, it's nearer to her than... Any, you know, than most cities. We could have just had it in Nashville. Whatever. Atlanta is a big city and we wanted it to be somewhere big. I've never been to Atlanta. Maybe next year it'll be in Asheville. Maybe next year it'll be in Philly. Maybe we'll take your suggestions. I think New Orleans would be super fun. The event is going to be the type of thing where like, you know, as women, we always are forced to wake up early. I don't want anything in this conference to start before 10. I want us to have DJ parties, but not dress up like in our pajamas. Um, I want to have vendor, all kinds of vendors um, and delicious food. And I'm even thinking about asking a special YouTuber to come do a super fun. Well, I'm going to see if I can get the fitness marshal. I'll just say it right now. I don't know if he can, but like the oh fitness marshal is just if you would that wouldn't that be, be so fun? He's doing a tour, a city tour where he goes and does like an exercise show and you work out, but it's like club dancing. It's 
Yeah, no, I get it. I've seen it, dude. It's hilarious. I think that that would be so hilarious. It's going to be really fun. So actually, please help us fund it so we can also get the friggin' fitness marshal because I would pee my pants if I got to meet him. It's so fun. Anyway, it's going to be the most fun podcasters can have with their pants on. So please come. Uh, Shepodcast.com forward slash Kickstarter. Okay, I'm done with my spiel and my pitch. Um, but that's not the last you will hear of me. Now, Elsie, your turn because not. you have yes. the E-League coming. The E-League doors are closing. I know the E-League's actually, I, I kind of officially closed the doors March 15th. But I am just putting this out here. I'm going to leave it up for up to the middle of the week this week. So the show is going live on Monday. And I'm just going to leave the application open only for you guys. And I'm just telling you guys, if you hear this and then you kind of thought that, oh, I missed it or whatever like that, and you really wanted to do it, just go ahead and apply. I'll keep it open until Wednesday and then I will take it off because that way I can start to focus on the women that are doing it. I'm so excited. It's so great. I can't take it. So if you still want to apply, please go ahead and do it. And then I have a couple of things that I just want to let you guys know. I never tell you any of these things, but I think that it's, I just want to support everybody that I'm on their shows that I'm on. So I was on um, a podcast of an e-leaguer, Jackie McDougal, um, 40 Thrive, episode 12, called Why You Need a Midlife Mentor. And it's it's awesome. It's such a great conversation that we have in there and you get to know her show and it's kind of short, so it's not going to be so crazy. I was also on the Pod Lords and this is with Jim Harold, the paranormal guy. He's been around. He's been podcasting since, geez, since like 2005 or something like that. And he just started a new show called the Pod Lords where he's going to be interviewing podcasting royalty. Again, it's a podcast about podcasting, and he hopes to have lots of really great conversations on that show. And lastly, I was on the new media show hosted by Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee live on stage over a podfest, but you guys can listen. And uh, the other guest that was on the show, in addition to myself, was James Cridlin from Pod News. And for those, so those of you guys who get Pod News and, and read Pod News, you can get to hear James speak in this panel. And it was a really great conversation. So you guys check it out. Links are all in the show notes. Yay! Woohoo! All right, lots of exciting stuff. Um, so anyway, check us out and our show notes at ShePodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShePodcasts. And you can join our free Facebook group at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ShePodcasts. And if you would like our undivided attention, you can find us at ShePodcasts.com forward slash Patreon. Um, become a Patreon supporter at $5 level. And we have a special exclusive VIP super squad where we do a Q&A every week. Um, again, that's shepodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will see you next time. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>